So it's always a very special time for me to be here in any capacity. Um, I was ordained a member of St. Peter's Church long ago, ordained in the mid-70s, and Pope Gregory <laughs> presented me for definite. For, he has a window. <laughs> and so there are other people here who have windows that I know well. So, <laughs> it's unusual to be old enough to be among your window friends. <laughs> so, so Lent has come. And um, my experience with ecumenical work uh, with other churches has been uh, working with them to, to work through Lent. And they always said, well, you Episcopalians understand Lent better than anybody else. <laughs> and so you take the lead. So I don't think that's true. I think Lent is the kind of thing, the, the more and deeper you get into it, the more you don't quite know <laughs> what it's about, except it's definitely about renewing and putting yourself in touch with the joy of God in Christ. And it is about cleaning out your living room so you can do that. Everything needs a good sweep. And so we try to get rid of those things or at least make some progress on those things that have been in the way. So Jesus is the model for Lent 40 days and 40 nights. We've already sung about it. There's no story in the Bible that has more drama than these nine verses. Here we come, you know, um, John the Baptist is baptizing in the wilderness. Jesus shows up, is baptized. The heavens are torn into, the spirit descends on Jesus. He's forced into the wilderness, led by the spirit. May the spirit be more careful with me. <laughs> There's something here to prove. He must be tested. And so you probably know some of the spirits tests. They all have to do with manipulation. They all have to do with control. They all have to do with shortcuts. And they all have to do with tempting a person, we sung about this already too, to forget how to say no. And so no becomes a really precious um, part of our faith because every day we're trying to weave this course of God's love. What is God's love and what is not? What is real and what is not? And so it's a hard job. I don't think it gets any easier. Um, it is the best job in the world. And so the spirit is with us. One of the advantages of being in a retreat center is you probably don't have to explain to people that life is lived in the wilderness from time to time, or else you wouldn't have found your way here, I don't think. <laughs> the wilderness of life is real. It's just part of life. You don't know what you're doing. Every day, every month, every year, 
you're playing your best hand, but it's incomplete. You don't know how many cards are in the deck. And so you need help. And the help um, is there when Jesus returns from the wilderness. He proclaims the gospel. He is himself the savior of the world. And so he is with us wherever we go. But before we trundle right into Easter, <laughs> I want to mention to you where this road goes before you get to Easter. Because we know all these stories and we sort of know the outcome. Although I think when it happens in our lives, it is just a much, as much of a surprise that God loves us in spite of us for who we are in a much deeper way than we had imagined and there's more to go. So, in Passion Sunday, you recall, well, at least in the Episcopal, in the liturgical churches, I think, ordinarily somebody official reads the gospel. They've always thought it was really funny that we only let official people read the gospel. I've always imagined somebody seeing a kid pick up the gospel and start to read it and say, no, you can't do that. <laughs> but that's the way we do it, except for one Sunday a year, and it's Passion Sunday or Palm Sunday. We are commanded to let the whole congregation read the gospel, and they do. So it's read in parts. Everybody takes a part. There are good parts. Nobody really wants to be Judas, but it has to be done. Well, maybe somebody does. But the part that I've had people talk to me, the congregation is the crowd. And there comes a time when the crowd is asked, who do you want, Pilate says, who do you want me to release to you? Barabbas or this man, Jesus? And Pilate's trying to get out of this. And the crowd says, Barabbas, Barabbas. And Pilate asked again, why, blah, blah, blah. We want Barabbas. And then a little later, what shall I do with this man? And you hear the almost a congregation you didn't know was there say, crucify him, crucify him. And so they have learned the trick of discovering the mix that we are of good and not good, of good, of light and dark. And many, not many, but some have discussed with me how surprised they were to get to the point in the gospel where you say crucify and how much they would have done it. So I think at a retreat center, you're asking people to tell very deep truth about ourselves that we have to choose carefully choose to follow Christ. Um, as a friend of mine emailed me today, he said, I'm sick of nice Christians. We have to recognize this is not a nice thing we're about. We're trying to figure out the truth of life, what God has left us and invited us to do, and to be deep lovers because we choose because we understand what's at stake and we know how to choose. So this is where Lent is headed. 
And so the odd part, when Jesus, Jesus made the same choice, he chose Barabbas himself. He was in favor of releasing all of us. Everybody was to be released but himself. And from the cross, the dominant message to me is forgiveness. And through the forgiveness, we are released of our sins. We couldn't get over by ourselves. But as we draw near through the wilderness and realize the stakes that this, we're playing, we see that the Lord is kind, is gentle, is loving, is saying, let me carry that burden. Let me have this one. You don't have to be right about much. You don't have to prove you were right all along. Just let me have who you are. And through forgiveness, all will be made well. And then we're ready for Easter. So I thought I would just mention, <laughs> Jesus is your companion. Satan is a nuisance in everybody's life. It's like the Russians in our elections. I mean, our elections are key to everything. It's key to who we are. And we're very late to realize that because of modern technology and general mischief, somebody gets a kick out of playing with our life. And what we're trying to learn is to say no. How to say no. It's a complex thing, learning deeply how to say no. Um, so it's important to remember, I think, in the wilderness journey that even if it seems you're alone, you def definitely and most certainly are not alone. Braver people than us have walked this path. I do commend you for your bravery. I think it's a brave thing to undertake a Lenten discipline for your faith. And, but what else are we to do? So, um, it's a pleasure to be back here. And like I said, the more I understand Lent, like the less I do. <laughs> but I know it's serious, it's real, and we don't want to miss this opportunity to draw closer to God because then we are useful in a way we didn't anticipate, loving in a way we never imagined. In the name of one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen.